It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Daniel McCarty joins us, of course, uh, host of the Saturday session uh, when he's not gallivanting around uh, working for major media organisations in the UK like Talk Sport. Daniel, uh, how's the heart after that day five finish at the Basin Reserve? Rick Dog, good evening to you and to everyone. Rick Dog, you know I'm not the fittest around. My heart, my chest was tight, the heart was pounding. I don't know how professional athletes do it in, in tight situations because I was. I was racing. And when it was all over, when all was said and done and New Zealand win by one run, a truly extraordinary victory that no one's ever going to forget, I got quite emotional about it. Had to take a little bit of a walk out onto the basement reserve after everyone left and stood where Tom Blundell took that catch, trying to reflect upon things. Yes, I'm weird. I get it. Um, and then wandered off. And then the sprinklers turned on, got me all wet. That calmed me down quite quickly. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, and how how were your English colleagues? Uh, heart stopping is how Neil Mansell, the long time talk sport commentator, um, South African based cricket commentator, described it. Steve Harmison, the gnarly fast bowler, what a top bloke he is, uh, described it as revolutionary. Just the excitement of the game that the entertainment England bring, even when they lose. Uh, it, 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 it's just. Just an incredible game, and, and they were they were swept up in the emotion. And to be honest, there wasn't really all that much disappointment from the English contingent that I worked with, who were just great company. I think they recognised that it was just wildly special, a wildly special game that they were all privileged, um, as I was, to be involved with and, and covering. It was special, mate, and, and I've got to be honest, Hunter put my hand up. I had a few other things on today. I was mucking around doing stuff with my daughter. I had other work stuff to do. Didn't give the cricket a second's thought until a mate texted me when uh, the Palmers were seven down, and he went, we could win this. And I was like, what? Think like, I paid no attention to it. I thought, after after the way Kane and Tom had, had done so well to get us back into the match and then we'd capitulated five for 28, I was like, ah, oh, they've thrown it away again. Gave us absolutely no chance. Um, that th- Those innings from Tom and Kane were, were special. They really were. But, Rick, don't feel bad about giving New Zealand no chance. Let me go over my notes. I reckon there would have been a lot of people listening right now who gave New Zealand no chance at the end of day one when England was 315 for three up six. 65 overs after being 21 for three and Harry Brook 184 not out and Root 101 not out. Should I advance to later on day number two at the end of the second session when we're 96 for six? There's another group of people saying New Zealand has got absolutely no chance. Then when uh, England enforced the follow-on on day number three, there's more people saying we've got no chance. New Zealand had no chance for nearly that, that, you know, well over half the game. But credit the way they batted in that second half. And I think this, it's one of, the, one of the things we most appreciate about the Black Caps is their fighting uh, qualities. They're not blessed with the best armoury. Um, and what I mean by that, we, we don't have the most blistering bowling attack. We? we don't have, you know, people... Bowling 150 thunderbolts. We don't have, you know, Matt, you know, 
life-threatening wrist spinners, but we, we rely on craft style planning, you know, good preparation and, and execution. And we saw that with the ball today. I thought they bowled their best they had um, in that opening two hours when they really needed to. Picking up those four wickets, having England uh, 80 for the loss of five after Harry Brook was run out without facing a ball. I hate it when that happens. You remember that ad, Rick Dog? Yeah. Um, so, and New Zealand were flying there. There was always going to be another twist and a turn. I just didn't expect that many twists and turns along the way with Root and Stokes getting a great partnership with a six-wicket going, looking like those, those two actually might get England home with five wickets to spare. And New Zealand, guess what? They throw the ball, throw the ball to Neil Wagner, a man has been much talked about, about his place in the team. And what does Neil Wagner do? Goes and bowls his heart out as always over 11.2 overs, unchanged from the bar stand end. Picks up, you know, four wickets for the innings, four wickets on the day and three in that last foul, including the all-important wicket of Jimmy Anderson with just one run, um, <laughs> one run to defend. Incredible, amazing game. Yeah, I, I must say, when I was watching at the end, I was like, this is going to be a tie, isn't it? I can see it's going to be a tie test. It's going to be a tie test. Uh, did that go through your Wouldn't head? That, that would have been cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would that have been, been amazing. That would have been, what, the third time in test cricket history that's happened. We've been playing this game for 145 years. Uh, but New Zealand win by one run, having followed on. Four teams in the history of the game have won a test match after following on. There was one in the 19th century. There was one in the 20th century. Uh, now there's two in the 21st century. It's been a long time since India did it in Kolkata, in that very famous test. What was that, 2003? BVS Luxman. But New Zealand now are into that very, very, very rare club. Very rare indeed, mate. I, I, I wonder, is, is it fair to say, and we can get into this in a bit, and we've talked about some of these things previously, but is it fair to say that this Black Caps team on the back of Tim Southey uh, and Kane Williamson and Tom Blundell, and etc., won this test despite the coaching group and the selectors? How, well, how do you separate one from the other, though? Well, what I would say is uh, Jack Leach took seven wickets in this test at the Basin Reserve, an out-and-out spinner who, that is his craft, yet we apparently cannot select a spinner in New Zealand test conditions because it doesn't turn. Uh, I would also, you know, look at things like, well, we can't drop Henry Nichols, but we're going to add Will Young anyway and just have four bowlers and then one gets injured. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Let's go back, though. Michael Bracewell probably bowled better than Ajaz Patel in Pakistan. Michael Bracewell nearly bowled out Pakistan in the last day of the second test. He went, what, nine wickets down. He is a Bob each way type cricketer. It's an old line I tend to use where he, he can offer something with the bat and with the ball. So, yeah, he started the test series as, as you're all round the batting at number seven. They've tried to strengthen the batting um, and rely on Daryl Mitchell. Uh, that didn't really work because, well, Daryl Mitchell got Harry Brooks, didn't he? Um, Harry Brooks is a pretty special player. I don't. I quite like the balance of the sides um, here. It's not perfect. Um, the team bowling department, with the way Wagner was performing prior to today, had me a little bit nervous. Then when Henry Nichols, uh, sorry, Matt Henry goes off at that back end, are you thinking the worst? Thankfully, he was able to come back after lunch and bowl. So, it, yeah, it's certainly not a perfect picture. I won't deny that. You know, they were beaten quite convincingly in the first test and they've had to scrap from a long way back to win 
to win this test match, but I, I think there's more positives than negatives on that. Well, I was really impressed with Tim, Tim Salvi, not only his captaincy, how calm they've seemed out there. His attitude throughout the whole test, he's been in a really jovial, happy mood, really really positive, and I, and I think that sort of is really important when you're behind. You know, when you're chasing games so often, it can be quite easy to get down on yourself, isn't it? Well, I used to yeah. um, in my terrible sporting career, and, and, and I was quite, quite impressed with his sort of demeanour. Um, you know, before the day's play, after, um, and he, he'll feel pretty darn good about himself. But it was a real collective job. You'll notice if you go watch the replay, Kane Williamson had a lot, um, a big part to play. They were really using all the cricketing mouths within that group as they came up with plans. You know, when, when there's nine runs and then six runs for England to get, and then two runs after Anderson hits that boundary and Williamson has a misfield. You're probably, you know, not only second-guessing yourself, but quadruple-guessing yourself when it comes to the plan. But they felt they had the right one, and ultimately it proved to uh, be enough. It was enough. It was enough. And they tie, uh, you know, they draw the series with England, um, and uh, that was monumental after what we saw at Bay Oval. Uh, we've got Sri Lanka coming here. I think they landed today, actually. So there's a, another test series coming up soon. We're going to lose a few players to the IPL. What do you think this Black Caps team is going to look like for that test series? The Black Caps team, it could have been so different if things didn't go their way today. I wonder if they would have taken the opportunity with them well and truly out of the test rankings to, to maybe um, explore some alternative options. I don't expect too many changes. Um, I think it will come down to the construct, the balance of the starting 11. Um, will both Nichols and Young play? Will it be one or the other? Uh, I think they'll consider that. Um, the fast bowling mix, it's, it's at Hagley. Hagley doesn't tend to provide spinners much joy. There was a bit of turn here, actually, in Wellington. That's why Leach was such an important figure. And Michael Bracewell, uh, who bowled well in Mount Wanganui in that second inning, wasn't allowed to settle today. Um, Joe Root just played him so well. Um, majestic player. So um, I'm not sure they'll, they'll bring in a specialist spinner um, to start. Uh, so... Yeah, there's, there's a few things to bother, but I don't think there's going to be as many changes as there possibly could could have been. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see see what that bowling lineup. Do you know what like. I'd love to see? Yeah. How, how, how hilarious would this be? If Sri Lanka come, beat us 2-0 and backdoor it into the ICC World Cup t- uh, Test Championship final. That would just make me laugh so much. <laughs> at the expense of Australia or India. That, that would just... That it was the only time I would celebrate New Zealand losing a test You Love a bit of Schnadenfreude, Daniel. <laughs> Love a bit of Schnadenfreude. Yeah, uh, that's how we roll. That's how we roll. But New, New Zealand, hey, New Zealand's going to be buoyed by this. After, after when you've, you've had years of success at home, then you're coming off the high, you've, you got battered by England and England last year. Well, not battered. They, they made difficult run chases, but really easy, England, uh, unlike today. But then that loss, really disappointing loss to Bangladesh in, uh, in Mount Monganui, you know, good performance against South Africa, then a bad performance uh, also last year. You know, there's been a few body blows to the side over the last year, 18 months, and it's good to see them back, back to winning ways. But they've got to build from it, don't they? Yeah. And, you know, longer term, longer term, if, I, if I'm to project the side over the next year or two, I like the backing. Pretty comfortable one through six, even if they want to play another batsman. You know, Tom Blunder was turning into a world-class player. 
Um, you know, if we're going from McCullum to Watling to Blundell, that's a pretty good string of players. He looks set to be a big piece of the side. Um, it, it's just strength and depth in the bowling department. I, I look at England who, who might rock into the Ashes in a few months' time, welcoming back, you know, Mark Wood and Jofra Archer, who bowl 150k plus. They're eight deep, and if you want to compete against the best sides in the world, um, you know, more numbers in that department would be great, especially with no Bolt and no Jameson, you know, huge losses for this area. Massive losses, yeah, and of course, uh, yeah, we lose more, as I said, for that Sri Lankan series. Uh, Daniel, just before yeah. I let you go, uh, I, I know that you love cricket, but I also know you love football, uh, and I just uh, wanted to get your thoughts on the passing of uh, one of our real greats, Grant Turner, today at, at, at too young an age, really. Gutted. Gutted. I, I, I didn't know him well, but, oh, man, like, when I did meet him, talk about having a presence and a mana and the... And when you speak to his peers, that tells me everything I need to know, Ricardo, and you know a lot of his peers, the reverence for which they held him as a player and as a person. Uh, massive contribution to football in this country. Um, Vale to him and strength and, and love to his friends and family. But, you know, they didn't build too many like him now, did they? They did not, mate. They did not. I, I do remember him. I'm trying to remember which rugby club it was. It was down your way in Wellington. Maybe Panicki. He played a he played a little bit of uh, rugby down there after he got banned from football for punching somebody at one point. Uh, mm. He was certainly a colourful character, and I'm, I was lucky enough to meet. What him. What sport do you think he was a harder tackler in? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> football. <laughs> yeah. I, ca- I can't wait to catch up with Jody on Saturday and share some memories. I'm, I'm sure Jody topped uh, his role. <laughs> yeah. He was running around with his mullet back in the day. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I uh, yeah, he used to run the Bay Motorin uh, in Mount Monganui, which was a bar, and uh, I remember getting getting on it with him and Hello Sailor in there one night. It was uh, it was it was. Oh yeah. wow, what a yarn that is! What something to behold, I tell you. That was a, that was a great night. Uh, but that that I'll, I'll tell you that story another time. But he was a top man, I, and I also remember running onto the field at Mount Smart. After I, I think it was a draw with Australia that we had had at Mount Smart, and asking him for his autograph, but he had had he'd played after having both his wrists uh, had surgery on them, so he played with his wrists all strapped up and couldn't sign autographs because he couldn't close his hands. And but he had still gone out and played a game of international football and played ninety minutes. It was incredible. That is incredible. I love that story uh, that he used to tell about. Was he? Was, did he miss the final World Cup qualifying game? Or one of them, you know, deep into the World Cup qualifying campaign, you know, the road to 82, and he couldn't watch and had to go for a walk with 20 minutes to go, that it was simply unbearable for him not to be able to be out there to impact, you know, play on the field. The passion for which he had, not only for the sport, but for the sport here in New Zealand. A really proud Kiwi, and I'll say it again, bail to him. And, you know, he won't be forgotten. No, he will not. Daniel, thanks for your time, mate. I'll let you get uh, back to the family. I really appreciate it, mate. Go well. Thanks, Rick Dog. Take it easy, everyone.